0: This is a nine eighty CKNW podcast.
1: You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Our show is all about the world of mobile tech and apps. A lot of fun today on this program. We're going to be talking about little known iOS fifteen features. If you are running an iPhone and you've updated to the latest iOS or the operating system, it's up at uh, version fifteen right now. We got a little uh, bag of tips and tricks we're going to tell you about. Also. Google, they're having problems with their Google Pixel 6. That's the latest phone, and we've reviewed it. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, beautiful camera, really neat features, but there's some some major problems that people have been having with it. So we've got uh, Robin Cavanaugh, one of our uh, tech correspondents, who will join us to tell us about that, and when the fixes are coming. And, how would you like to pay $86,000 for an iPhone 10? <laughs> An engineering guy or student has taken apart an iPhone 10 and stuck a USB C connector instead of the Lightning connector. It's a port where you charge and transfer data on your iPhone. And he did this and sold the phone for $86,000. We're going to tell you about it, speculate as to why he did it and who might have bought it. John, let's get into some of the, uh, the mobile tech news right now. A lot going on. Uh, this is interesting. Do you get a lot of uh, spam calls, robocalls?
2: A lot more than I would like, for sure.
1: Well, the CRTC is uh, basically ordering the big guys, Rogers, Telus, Bell, to ID spammers by November thirtieth.
2: This is great because what this means is that those fake CRA calls that you know you're going to be arrested because you haven't paid your taxes, yes, those are going to stop because the CRTC is basically forcing all the cell phone providers to install hardware that will actually verify that these calls are from actual people and not from robocalls. Why well, haven't they done this already? That's, we talk about this all the time. I know, I could call an hour probably about yeah. these things.
1: Yeah, the CRA is after me all the time. Right.
2: <laughs>
1: and then when you do get the call from the CRA, you know, that one time, you're grilling them.
2: Right. <laughs> you don't believe it's a I, real... I know, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I've hung up on them. Yeah.
1: And they phone me back, uh, Mr. Aggerbo. <laughs>
2: Well, it's funny though, because when I switched to back to Rogers, which I had been with for a long time and I switched away, I noticed a huge uptick in the robocalls that I was getting than what I had on another carrier. Oh, really? Yeah. And partly because I think that particular phone number has been around for a long time. Yeah. And maybe once it was back on the same network that it was created under that lit up a couple of spam banks or something. I don't know. But I generally notice, on at least on Rogers for me, I was getting a lot more calls than I was on TELUS with the same phone number. But it sounds like that's going to come to an end very soon. I don't know how they're going to actually verify these things, um, but presumably because a lot of these robocalls are done by computer systems that are originating as the same number... Or a series of numbers, they're going to be able to identify those banks of numbers and somehow validate that they're actually supposed to be calling. Yeah.
1: Well, apparently Bell Canada had applied to the CRTC to permanently block fake callers on its network. Uh, they've actually been testing anti-spam technology and they claim they've blocked literally 1.1 billion callers from July 2020 to October 2021. A billion calls.
2: That sounds about right for my line. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Uh, CRTC also emphasized wireless carriers should be paying to implement call blocking technology not consumers. CRTC, you know, sometimes I just, you know, give give their head a shake. When you tell a business to implement this feature but don't charge your consumers, where do they think that money's coming from? Like, are,
2: Because they know they're overcharging their customers. Well,
1: but they they are charging their consumers. That's how the whole thing works. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I think this is a step in the right direction. I am sick and tired of all these nuisance calls I'm getting. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even know what to do about it.
2: There's nothing you can do about it. No. Because you block the number that just comes up with something else.
1: Yeah. Or I I win a lot of cruises. (laughs) Oh, John, I could be on a cruise every month.
2: Let's do the radio show from a cruise. Yeah, that'd
1: be fantastic. Let's look at some of the other app news out there, John. Um, smartphones top the list of electronic devices causing fires, reveals Health Canada.
2: Hmm, Not surprising.
1: No. So, uh, over the past uh, five years, 183 fires reported over the through the country, have been cell phones.
2: Yeah, this is apparently the, that makes them the number one cause of fires caused by electronic devices. So something else in your home, like an appliance or something else that could cause a fire. Laptop? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's phones. And you should see some of the pictures of these fires. Like, because, you know, people have left them on their bed or, yeah. I mean, these things burn and they burn hot. So the second, what do you think the second most common device is? Laptops? Thermostats. Thermostats. Thermostats.
2: We've actually seen that happen ourselves.
1: Yeah. 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 Because Laura, who works with us, we're we're all going to go, we're going to put a smart thermostat in your house.
2: And do a segment about it.
1: Yeah. And it burnt.
2: The thing is, when we went there, there was already scorch marks on the existing one.
1: Yeah. Maybe that should have been a clue. Maybe we should have got the electrician at that point.
2: (laughs) Do you think? Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's all sorted now. And we yeah, found out that one burnt. <laughs> we found out why is because her old house wiring was meant for a much higher wattage device than these smart thermostats were capable of. Yeah. So she had to resort to a, a different type of device for her system. That's you know, with all the smart home stuff, I, I always just, I especially with
1: thermostats and stuff like that and the light switches, I just call an electrician in. Yeah. I got a good guy, Sean. I'm going to give you. a a nod out there if you're listening and he's just fantastic and I don't worry about anything because I know you can do it yourself. They've got great videos yeah. and I know you do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause but. I'm too cheap. <laughs> well, I'm cheap too, but I'm also, I don't want to, I don't want to like burn my house down or electrocute no. myself, which no. I've done before. Just even installing lighting. Yeah. I've, I've kind of given myself a, a zap. So,
2: What's interesting about this particular report, though, is it doesn't explain... I mean, the cell phone could be the cause of the fire, the thing that actually caught fire, but we don't know, was it a because of a, a faulty uh, charge cable yeah. or a charging block? You know, those charging blocks you get at the gas station, they're probably not certified.
1: No, no. Those, like, $2 ones? Yeah. Yeah. I, I try not to buy those from the gas station. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, if I've ever bought an iPhone cable from a gas station or at the dollar store, it will work literally a week before it just dies. Yeah. So even though I thought I was saving money, I'm not, and I'm filling a landfill.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the number of these fires caused by cell phones and cell phone accessories with charging cords and with the power banks sometimes too.
1: Oh yeah. So I could see that. So it's not necessarily the phone itself, like you're saying.
2: Yeah, Yeah. It depends on what's connected to the phone or how it's connected to something to get power.
1: It's always good with anything that you're charging, whether it's a laptop, tablet or or a phone, always do it on a hard surface.
2: Well, that's the th- the thing is they always show these photos of these these apartments that caught fire. Yeah. It's because they've charged their phone in bed.
1: Yeah. And it's literally laying on the floor or blanket. they've left it on the couch. N- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. And so that I mean, it makes it extra hot.
2: Extra hot because it's not getting any airflow. Yeah. And also that's a perfect, you know, amount of kindling around the device <laughs> that's going to just light up.
1: I'm laughing. I shouldn't laugh, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's dangerous. Okay. We are going to take a break. You're tuned into the app show today, your favorite uh, mobile tech show. We try to keep it simple and uh, explain all the, the techie things so that uh, we can all understand. When we come back, we've got a few good segments coming up. We're going to talk about an $86,000 iPhone. Would you pay that much? We're going to talk about that new Google Pixel 6 phone. There's some issues with it. If you've been thinking about getting one, you've got to listen. And coming up next, we're going to give you some uh, little-known iOS 15 iPhone features. So that's the, the operating system that just came out. Well, we've got some, uh, some secret features you might not know about. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. We're talking all about mobile tech and apps. You gotta stay tuned. We still got some great segments coming up. If you've uh, been thinking about getting a new phone, maybe a Pixel 6, well, there's been some some issues. Maybe you've got a Pixel 6. You gotta stay tuned and uh, find find out what the problems are and what they're doing to fix them. And $86,000 for an iPhone 10. Would you spend that much money? <laughs> well, we'll tell you why. So John, in this segment here, I wanna talk about the latest version of the iPhone software. It's called iOS 15. 15, yes. And so they've had a, a bunch of great features in it that we've talked about, but here's some lesser known ones.
2: Yeah, this first one uh, I actually just found out about. Uh, this is a really cool feature. If you go into your accessibility settings on your phone and you go to the hearing section and then tap on audio visual, there's something called background sounds. So. The idea behind this is, uh, this is a very common thing, especially if you want to focus and concentrate on work, you're trying to sleep, Um, you'll put on some soothing sounds in the background, or even just white noise sometimes to counteract the noise around you outside. So this background sounds feature, uh, once you enable it, it actually becomes uh, enabled in your control center as well. So when you do the pull down on the from the top right corner of your phone down, it'll be an option there. So you can turn it on and off. And it gives you like a bunch of different things. Let me just turn it on here. So this is a stream and I can can turn it up. I can make it sound like the rain, ocean waves. So why do I want these background noises? Uh, Just to block out construction noise, coworkers, snoring partners, you know, that kind of thing. And there's even just white noise.
1: And so this is in the accessibility menu.
2: Yeah. And this is something you, you can put on and you can even actually have it play other sounds as well. And this becomes the background on your device while you're doing other things.
1: I just use Spotify.
2: Well, there's that too but some, sometimes people want to like the, some people have trouble concentrating when there's music on even without lyrics yeah so uh, white noise is a very common thing for people to on uh, I like the rain the rain the yep. ocean waves that kind of stuff
1: because that we need more of that in BC here yeah rain noise <laughs>
2: makes you go to the bathroom <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and run um, what else we got John
2: so one of the big, big things that um, I actually, we, we talked about this when it was first announced, but it's actually been quite a, a game changer for me. And that's the ability to use your camera to scan any text.
1: Okay, so if you've got a piece of paper with Piece of text. paper,
2: a billboard, a truck goes by with a phone number on it, whatever. If you take a picture of it, then basically your phone will use OCR and be able to make that a clickable and copyable piece of text. And if it's a phone number, It'll actually allow you to call just by pressing, like long pressing on it. If it's a website, you double tap on it and it'll take you to Safari and launch that website for you. That's pretty cool. It's very cool. It's it's not that different than Google Lens that Androids had for a while. Yeah. But it's kind of built in. You don't have to do the secondary thing from your camera. You just take a photo, and this works on any photo, even an older photo that you've taken prior to iOS. That's 15. in
1: your photo gallery. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. We're talking about uh, little tips and tricks, hidden features inside the latest version of the iPhone operating uh, system. So one of the features, John, of when it got updated and it's driving me crazy is I use Safari, which is the web browser. Yeah. And it moved the the address and search bar down to the bottom of the screen.
2: Yes. I get why.
1: I totally get why. Because you're there and it's easy to get there with your thumb.
2: Yeah. And that's why I like it. I know you hate it because it's such a big change from what you're used to. You're used to having it at the top. Well, if you just, uh, tap on the little, it looks like a two little A's at the bottom. Yeah. That'll give you a little pop-up and then you can say show top address bar. And oh my then God. it moves it back up to I the top. I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just did it now. Yeah. Oh my God. My phone is back to normal.
2: Yep. Yep. The other neat thing you can do too is the weather app. Uh, a while ago, Apple purchased, uh, some, uh, a weather company, uh, or weather app company, I should say. And they've integrated the software into the weather app. And well,
1: it's can, called Dark Sky, right?
2: Dark Sky, yeah. yeah.
1: everyone loved that.
2: Yeah, I loved it. Uh, and so they've actually uh, done something to the weather app where you can actually get alerts for the exact minute it'll start raining or snowing now. No. Yeah. Is it accurate? It's, I find it extremely accurate. But keep in mind, weather apps are only as good as where the weather station is, right? So if you're in a big city like Vancouver, like we are, Typically, you're beginning weather updates that are at the airport. Yes. Right? So if you're nowhere near the airport, you're not going to be raining in five seconds. Okay. Right? So it just depends on where you are and your location. And relevant. So how
1: does it tune into the, the closest weather station then? Is that...
2: I, I don't know exactly what's happening under the hood. It's all part of their magical algorithm. But generally... When it's looking at your current location, I know on, for me, it actually had, there must be a weather station that's fairly close to my house. I'm not anywhere near the airport, but I'm in Port Conquitlam, and it actually identifies my read, my, my subsection of Port Coquitlam in the weather app.
1: Wow. And so you can find out within like a minute yeah. when it's going to rain. Yeah. And how do you turn that on?
2: Uh, basically, you just go into the weather app, uh, the full full one, not the not the widget. And then the bottom right corner, you would get the, there's a little, um, a little menu button, bottom right. Yep. Click on that. And then uh, if you long press on your location.
1: Okay. Where it says my location.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Before that, you have to hit the little three dots at the top right. Okay. Yeah. And then you go to notifications. Yep. And then current location is my location. And this will enable notifications for any of the locations that you want to get notifications for. And it'll it'll give you a little pop-up notification saying, it's gonna rain in five minutes.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna try this. This could either be really cool or super annoying because we live in Vancouver and it rains (laughs) all the time. That's right. But that's kind of
2: cool. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you live in a, a colder climate, yeah, like well, anywhere not in BC.
2: Well, it'll tell you when it's going to snow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that.
2: And I find it's been pretty, pretty accurate.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Okay, John, we are going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a few things. The new Google Pixel 6 phone. I know everyone's been rating this super highly, but there's some problems. We're going to talk about those. We got Robin Cavanaugh in to uh, give us the lowdown and what kind of fixes are going to come for it. And we'll also talk about an eighty-six thousand dollar iPhone.
2: Eighty-six thousand US.
1: Okay, a hundred thousand dollar iPhone. An iPhone ten. I can't believe it. We'll tell you why it's that much money and who did it and who might have bought it. You're listening to the App Show with Mike and John. We'll be back shortly after this. You're back with the program, Mike and John here. Talking a lot about uh, mobile and apps, covering latest smartphones. We've uh, recently covered the new Google Pixel 6. I think uh, for for us and many reviewers, uh, a step up for Google.
2: Possibly one of the best pixels yet.
1: Yeah, uh, we've got some great reviews and videos up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. But is there trouble in paradise? We have uh, one of our Get Connected uh, contributors, uh, Robin Kavanaugh, in to tell us what's wrong. What's Hello. wrong?
0: Hi. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, there has been a lot of issues cropping up now. I was really hoping with the release of this Tensor chip and Google just making everything themselves, that it would be flawless. Like with all the iPhones and everything, you don't really see issues popping up that much. No, because Apple does everything now. And yeah. And so you think, well, Google doing that. What could go wrong (laughs) right yeah but this is their first outing doing that though really it is so yeah yeah, it it, it can be expected it's i guess i'm just a little ashamed to see because i am still a google fan at heart yes and i always like to root for them and so it, it feels a little disparaging seeing this pop up and all these kind of issues and everyone kind of just going to town on them because i've used the phone it's a really good phone i ran into some issues particularly with one of the issues that's mentioned, the the Magic Eraser. Tell, tell the listeners what the Magic Eraser feature is again. Sure. So it's like if you take a photo of a crowded area, yeah. you're at the Louvre or something, you can go in and basically mm-hmm. manually, well, you do a manually, the software does automatically will get rid of people, so you just get a nice clean image of the Louvre. Do you have to select the people? You do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We, we, we actually did this in Vienna when we went to one of the palaces there. Mm-hmm. Ted took a photo, and it was filled with people sort of in the foreground. Yeah. Right you literally just draw like a really bad outline around the people with your finger on the phone and it magically just deletes them
1: yeah like so the palace grounds completely cleared of all the peasants it's like a peasant remover that's what they would have called it back in the yeah I don't think that's how Google's marketing no no I know they're using the more politically friendly magic eraser Yeah, Yeah. yeah
0: so I mean it sounds like it worked fantastically for you guys and for Ted but in my experience, I couldn't get it working. Really?
2: Yeah, it just yeah. kept crashing, you said. Yeah,
0: it was yeah. crashing. I updated the entire software. I went back, uninstalled the Google Photos app, which you access it through, reinstalled it. Still nothing. Every time I went into it, it would crash. You can check out our video. I have a live demonstration trying to use it. Yeah. No, no luck whatsoever. Hmm. Have they fixed that? Or are they fixing it? What's the word on the street? It, it seems like they are fixing it now. And yeah, it seems to be a major <laughs> major flaw, right? Yeah, because yeah, this was one of the big things they marketed with this yeah. phone as well. Like You had the new equitable camera plus Magic Eraser. It was like yeah. their big new feature, you know? Yeah. So uh, they've definitely turned out to fix it. Yeah, I think if you just down, uh, reinstall the app or update it, it seems to have had an issue or it seems to have fixed the issue now. But at the launch... Not so much. What other problems are they having? So another one we were just seeing- Just to pour it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, another one we were seeing was that the fingerprint sensor, which is now before they used just a regular on the back fingerprint sensor. This new one is under the screen. Okay. Something we've seen like Samsung do with their phones. Yeah, Chinese cool. manufacturers have done, done that too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it works pretty well on those phones, but they're having issues reported where if your battery were to die, and you were to use the fingerprint sensor afterwards it would just slow down entirely really yeah
2: that's a weird bug. so
0: but are, these are mostly software fixes right and, and that is the great thing about it like all these things down the road if you were to look for this phone six four months from now or a year from now i'd imagine they'd all be just paved over yeah Paved. <laughs> <laughs> like the bodies <laughs> they, they yeah. paved over the it's bodies
1: swept under the carpet yeah. yeah all
2: the peasants underneath the so palace. i mean
1: there are some big Pixel fans out there. Mm-hmm. And people in the market for a new smartphone that like Android,
0: mm-hmm. would you still recommend it, knowing these things? <sighs> not right away. No? Maybe not for Christmas. Depend, uh, you know?
2: I, th- I think it depends what's important to you, right? Like mm-hmm. the eraser is a nice feature, well, but- What's important
0: <laughs> to me is features work
1: that they advertise. <laughs> yeah.
2: But the, the, the challenge with that feature is that not everyone's gonna use it. That's true. It's an optional thing, too. Mm. And it's not any different than what you can do in Photoshop if you ever use the content-aware filters that they
0: yeah, have. Yeah, 100%. It's very similar. where And that is uh, certainly optional things. They do have one bug that's a little more to do with the core of the functionality of the phone, where it's just doing self-dialing. It would just call. Oh, people. Yeah, I love. I love that. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, Mike does that automatically when he puts his phone in his pocket. He ends yeah. up calling me, and I just hear I've him that feature around. for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, yeah. Go- I should sue Google. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really, self dialing? Yeah. Oh, so neat. Any Any contact in your phone?
2: Oh, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like that mind. X. <laughs> like oh that my X, God. Yeah.
0: It's 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 so that's again one of those things where. That can kind of mess things up for you if, if it were to go terribly wrong. Yeah. So like, like what? Robin? <laughs> 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 oh yeah. Yeah.
1: you know. <laughs> night out yeah, night out. Uh, yeah. yeah. in the wrong people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so you're 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 hesitant. Right now. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, right? I I am a big Google fan. Like I think their pixel phones have always been quite Quite well done. Quite amazing. So, on the user, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I would hesitate because you know it's Google, mm-hmm. and you know the heat's on now. So You know <laughs> they're going to be fixing this as fast as they can. True. Yeah. yeah I don't know, John. You,
2: uh, I'm kind of in between. I, I think I I understand Robin's hesitancy, but like we've said, this is one of the best Pixel phones ever. Mm. And if you're interested in getting a Pixel phone, I wouldn't let these minor software issue. Well these software issues they're minor on some side for some people they could be major for other people but sure yeah i think big it just buy. depends what your use case is the auto dialing one is the big one but i think that one's already been fixed mm. so okay i think that's a non-issue now good. so um so by the time you know you're listening to this i think you're probably good to go unless the magic eraser is really important to your workflow wow
1: right. well uh, we'll keep on this and uh, we'll uh, Keep our listeners updated. Uh, One feature that the Pixel phone has Mm -hmm. that I know a lot of Apple iPhone users wish they had is say a USB-C port (laughs) for charging. Right? 100%. 100%. So Apple stubbornly uh, still clings to their lightning connector for their iPhones. And why not? They make billions of dollars on the accessory sales. Yeah. They get a piece of all the cables and any accessory that uh, will work through the lightning adapter. Well how would you like a USB-C connector? Well, one uh, one guy has actually made an iPhone that has a USB-C connector and he sold it for $86,000. We're going to tell you more after the break. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. John, iPhone 10. I think I even have one sitting in a drawer somewhere. Of course you do. I'd love to sell it for $86,000.
2: You better get practicing your soldering.
1: <laughs> We're talking about a gentleman, an engineering student, that took an iPhone 10 and decided to take it apart and put a new charger, charging connector on it. Didn't like the lightning connector, wanted to see if he could put a USB-C connector on it. USB-C is the standard now that every other device in the world uses besides Apple. And even Apple's using it on their MacBooks and their higher-end iPads. So, if you pick up an Android phone, iPad,
2: it's all USB-C.
1: Yeah. So uh, this gentleman took an iPhone 10, an iPhone 10. It's not even the latest one. A- and
2: 10 of all things.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. And he took it apart and put a USB-C connector in, soldered in a new circuit board and everything to make it all work. Stuck the thing back together again, and made it all open source. So. What that means is all, this, all the things he did to it, he documented it and made that publicly available for everyone.
2: It's interesting, though, because he's specifically cautioned the purchaser of this phone. Because
1: he put it on eBay.
2: He put it on eBay to not use it as a regular phone. Yeah. <laughs> to, to not take it apart or even update the OS because that could all break the functionality. It sounds like this is basically MacGyvered. With, oh. with bubble gum and paper clips.
1: So the auction started at just a dollar. It reached $3,000 by the end of its first day, which if you told me that he sold it for $3,000, I would be still like, hey, wow.
2: Yeah, that. I mean, a little piece of iPhone history maybe.
1: It attracted 116 bids, and it climbed all the way up to $86,000. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy.
2: But then uh, a few of those bids were retracted.
1: Well, he had bids over 100000 Yeah. But it did sell for $86,000.
2: Yeah. U.S. U.S. <laughs> like, that's insane. That's like 100000 Canadian. It's not bad for probably a couple days worth of work.
1: And it doesn't even really work properly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's saying, don't use it as your regular phone. Yeah. And if it breaks, he's not fixing it. Right. So uh, put your speculator hat on who who would buy this like 116 people bid on it like who was steve wozniak <laughs> one of the original founders of apple yeah yeah
2: it's definitely got to be someone with deep pockets that's just having some fun with Apple and poking some fun at how desirable of an iPhone would be if it had USB-C.
1: But do you think Samsung? (laughs) (laughs) There goes their marketing budget. Oh my God. I could totally see that. But yeah, so is it just someone that is... Yeah. Or is it like, maybe it's like a business, like a parts...
2: No, I think it's someone... Manufacturing. I think it's someone that's just buying into the idea of this being... Potentially a historic device upgrade. Yeah. Um, it also, I mean, this particular auction got a lot of attention in the media. We're talking about it. Yes. So, um, although the, the purchaser hasn't been uh, outed. I, I'm just dying to find out
1: who and why. 80, think about it. Think about it. It's an iPhone 10. Like, we're up to iPhone 13. Yeah. There's been an 11. There's been a 12. There's been a 13. And it's an iPhone 10, $86,000.
2: Yeah, and this wasn't a simple hack. It wasn't just a matter of desoldering the lightning connector and soldering in a USB-C. He had to create a custom PCB, custom circuit board, to route all the power and everything like that for it. He had to CNC part of the case what, what does
1: that mean CNC
2: computer controlled uh, uh, routing of this is like an aluminum phone yes right? so you need a special tool to can actually cut aluminum got it got right? it yeah so um, but and then all whatever he had to do on the software side so he, it, it's probably a jailbroken phone to begin with yeah so he could actually make it work with.
1: Yeah, because the Apple software wouldn't recognize some foreign connector in there. No, no, no. not in a million years.
2: No, so it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's just a perfect storm of somebody doing something clever and then someone else rewarding that person for doing that with deep pockets.
1: Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: do you remember when they had, uh, when Apple had the polishing cloth? Yeah, remember we talked
1: about it. So Apple selling a polishing cloth like for, for screens
2: for $25. For 25 bucks. Samsung came up with their own polishing cloth. Yes. And gave it away for free.
1: <laughs> it's quite the rivalry between them.
2: It's kind of fun as 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 a as a audience member. Yeah.
1: But it's funny too like Samsung they'll poke fun at them. Remember when iPhone took away the audio jack? Yeah. Yes, and they totally made fun of them.
2: Totally roasted them in in advertising, in in social media, everything. And then the next iteration of the Samsung device,
1: no no audio jack.
2: Yeah, same thing with the um, the charging block. Yes, the, the plug that you plug into the wall. They did the same thing with Apple. Next iteration, oh no, charging block.
1: Yeah, but they roasted them for it every time. Yeah. So put what is that? I mean, you can roast someone for something like that, but then when you do it too, what does that make you? A hypocrite? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think a little bit, a little yeah. bit. Anyway, uh, I'm hoping that the buyer is revealed who paid $86,000 for this iPhone ten. It's Tim Cook. It's Tim Cook. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That'd be interesting.
2: Yeah. You never know. Just
1: get yep. it off the market. Yeah. Did you, Could you ever dream that it would go up that high?
2: No. No. no, I thought, it like like you said, I think a couple thousand dollars m- might make sense. Yeah. Just for the, the kitschiness of it. Yeah. But...
1: Maybe it's just a perfect storm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to take a break when we come back. More tech to talk. Stay tuned. You were back with the App Show. Mike and John here. While we're on the subject of taking iPhones apart <laughs> and hopefully making $86,000, one criticism that's been leveled against Apple for forever is... Just their stubbornness when it comes to third-party repair places doing repairs on iPhones, everything from battery replacements to uh, to screens. Apple's made it, I would say, difficult.
2: Yeah, because I mean, part of it they want to have a good ex- customer experience, so they want to make sure that your your device gets fixed with the right parts, yes, the right way, yeah. And they don't license that technology to everybody, no. But there is lots of third parties that will do it because somebody watched a YouTube video. Yeah, it's
1: kind of scary. Like, because, you know, I had an iPhone 10 myself. I had the 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 big one. Yeah. And I broke both both. <laughs> yes, you did. Both sides. And they're both glass. And Apple wanted, I think, $1,100. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah. So do you think I'm going to go look somewhere else?
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And I did. And I found a cheaper place. <laughs> but you don't know, John. You don't know what kind of parts they're using. Yes. Because... It wasn't Apple certified.
2: Yeah. But it's interesting because they've they've uh, announced a new program called Self-Service Repair. Starting in 2022, you'll actually be able to uh, get parts for an iPhone 12, a 13, and even MacBooks with M1 chips. And so you can
1: buy the parts from Apple?
2: Yeah. There's going to be up to over 200 different parts that you can get from apple and they're even going to have repair manuals for how to fix those things so that's that's a huge change but so anyone like i could do it that's the intent is that it's i mean they're they're making it sound like it's going to be easy but i know it's not going to be easy some of these repairs are very delicate and very you need uh-huh. very specific tools yeah, for i'm
1: looking at my iphone there's nowhere to unscrew this thing <laughs> you know to get inside right
2: Yeah, well, you need special tools to take it apart. Yeah. You need to literally suction cup the glass and pull it off. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff... I mean, do you remember... Did you ever upgrade an iMac memory back in the day? No. It was like open-heart surgery. There's like 800 screws, and you had to use very specific size screwdrivers or you'd strip these tiny little screws. Yeah. The same thing's going to apply to this. But it is a big olive branch to this whole right to repair thing and there's also a good chance that that local repair shop that previously would be sort of the black sheep of the Apple repair places now they're they're actually going to have the proper Apple stuff yeah
1: so you can get some Apple certified parts which I think is good yeah Okay, we're going to have to uh, leave you now. We're out of time. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected, and visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and our YouTube channel. I want to thank John and Christina and all the rest of the folks that helped put the show together. We'll see you again next time.